Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your mood. You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. And there was a short period of time where I stopped meditating because I thought it was fine. And then the symptoms returned. So heart rhythm meditation is not about getting rid of all thoughts because any thoughts that come up from the subconscious, we want to be aware of them. I've been talking to Cheryl Stelt, who has written a book, which I am enjoying, and and, uh, she has already met with a couple of people um, that I referred to her, and uh, to tell you a little bit about her uh, bio. So Cheryl Stelt is a spiritual teacher, healer, coach, and author of heal your neck issues and let your throat chakra shine. She helps people heal that which is preventing them from speaking their truth and expressing who they truly are to rediscover their power to move forward in their purpose. After 25 years of spiritual practice and study, Cheryl is grateful to finally be living her soul's purpose through helping others. And she really is an incredible teacher. I have learned so much from her. And what I've also learned from her is that she had a depression for many years and she healed her depression finally through um, her meditation, meditative practices. And so I would love it if you could share with the audience what it was you were, that you were going through and how you managed it. Well, first, thank you so much, Dr. Stein, for having me here. I am thrilled to be here. And uh, I love the work that you're doing with people. I think you're just so leading edge and we need more of you in the world. Uh, Yes, it was, oh gosh, uh, over 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, I, um, it was when depression was becoming a thing. People were first starting to be diagnosed with depression. And I had a friend that went on antidepressants and she had this little flyer on what are the symptoms of depression. And I read through it and I went, oh my gosh, I have seven out of these nine symptoms. And I really thought long and hard about it and went to the doctor and he said to me, you're severely depressed. He said, how, how long has this been? I had to fill in a big, long, long questionnaire and everything. And I said, I, I don't know when I wasn't like this, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he gave me an antidepressant, which I took and I got headaches from, and it, it helped a little, but it wasn't, it didn't help me completely. And looking back now and connecting the dots and after reading your book and suffering from my own serious digestive issues, I could see that I had gut issues. I, I could see that now right right. um i wasn't able to see that until i read your book that oh wow okay and i actually have a i have the piece of paper with my baby formula on it from when i was born and it's eight ounces of milk to one tablespoon of white sugar oh wow that was my baby formula okay so that's (laughs) why i came into the world um so the the antidepressants kind of helped they didn't totally do the job. And I had uh, started meditating not long after I got these antidepressants. And within three or four months, I was feeling so much better. I was feeling so much better. And what was happening in the meditations, I started to feel these deep emotions that I would in the past avoid like the plague. I would just avoid them. And I stayed on the antidepressants for a while. And then, and then I just really knew I could go off them Mm -hmm. and I went off them 
And there was a short period of time where I stopped meditating because I thought it was fine. I thought it was ah, good. Yeah, lots of people then, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the symptoms returned and I was scared. And I went back to the doctor and he's and the medication no longer worked at all. And he I ended up having to go on the strongest dose, the very strongest dose. And I did. And I started meditating again and I made a pact with myself that I would never stop meditating and that I would get off this medication, which he said I would be on for the remainder of my life. And right. so it didn't take me long and I got off the medication. I've never, ever been back on. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? It's like 25 years ago. Oh, so quite a while ago. Yeah. Long time. Great. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And have you had any depressive episodes since then? Well, I haven't had depressive episodes uh, that are just um, <clears throat> strictly uh, depression. What I have had, though, I, I reached a point in my life where I had to really face my greatness and I couldn't do that. And I ended up chronically ill and I ended up with Crohn's and almost died from it. I had wow. serious head issues. But I recognized, I was able to recognize the difference between that type of depression. And to me, it was just really down mood, really down mm. mood. And I knew that it had to do with my illness, mm. that it wasn't just mental depression. I, I could kind of, and so I never even considered going on antidepressants because I knew the meditation was helping, but I could also feel when I physically felt better, my mood was better. Right. And I had the brain fog and, and all this stuff. So I, I never actually went, even considered going on antidepressants because I didn't think of it as clinical depression. Right, right. Yeah, it's a different kind of mood change when you have gut issues or physiological issues because it's inflammation um, that's affecting the body. And of course, our heads are connected to our body. So it's going to affect our brains too, So uh, which we know. So, so the, the, one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on um, this lunch and learn is because I have talked a lot about meditation, you know, doing meditation with my, you know, with all of my patients and I, you know, have them try to all sorts of different practices and, you know, downloading apps uh, like Calm and Insight Timer and Headspace starting with that, especially if, if they have no um, background in it at all, or, or, you know, just getting the deep breathing in place, um, you know, sending information about all different kinds of me transcendental meditation, there's uh, mindful meditation, there's all, I mean, you know about that. And what, what struck me about um, the heart rhythm meditation is that it it has a lot of science behind it and it's very similar to heart math sometimes i have patients buy the heart math um, that has to do with um, uh, coherence of the heart rhythms and um, so i was wondering if you can talk more about that and how uh, how um, how that type of meditation uh, is helpful in other ways oh i would love to because yeah. I had, I had done various types of meditation. I did a lot of inner child work. I studied other modalities, right. but I'd never breathed fully like you do in heart with a meditation. Mm -hmm. So when I discovered that type of meditation, I was blown away with the effectiveness and personal healing that I went through that I experienced in, in, uh, in that type of meditation. And so I, I joined I Am Heart, which is where it originates with Pran and Susanna Barrett, and I've done all their trainings. I was mm -hmm. a senior teacher, everything I've, I've since left the school. But some of the things that really happened, I, I bought the uh, EM Wave, which HeartMath mm -hmm. offers, and connected myself to it. And I would meditate and, and watch the sine wave, you know, to, to right. induce that sine wave. Uh, and I did that with my eyes closed. And then I thought one day I'm going to do this with my eyes open and mm -hmm. you can, you don't have to close your eyes to train right. your body to breathe fully. Right. You can watch the wave go because right. usually going up and down, like, you know, very jagged. Right. And then if you're, if you're triggered, if you allow yourself to think of a trigger, it really goes crazy. But when you engage the abdominal muscles and really breathe in the lower abdomen below the navel, really breathe deeply there 
we automatically start to go into coherence. And then if we're able to feel our heartbeat, and if we can't feel our heartbeat, we count seconds. Mm -hmm. And that brings us into coherence. That affects the vagus nerve. It, it affects our, our entire nervous system. And it's just one of the best things for us. We cannot breathe like that all day long, but moving into that changes us so much. And the um, I'm not a real scientific person, but the thing that excites me the most with full belly breathing and doing the heart rhythm meditation is that when we breathe normally, it's the back of our brain that's in charge of our everyday breath, the medulla oblongata. As soon as we engage the abdominal muscles, that brain function changes to the frontal lobal brain and it the back of the brain. And it's that area through which we can, we can um, move into our subconscious, we can access our subconscious. So heart rhythm meditation is not about getting rid of all thoughts because any thoughts that come up from the subconscious, we want to be aware of them. We want to be aware. And what it also, it helps us, you know, it helps us access defeating subconscious beliefs, sabotaging, sabotaging conscious beliefs and most importantly subconscious emotions and i find it's often emotions that we couldn't fully process when we were small children we just didn't have the capacity and they get stuck in us and right. so with the full breath and 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 meditating with that we can go more deeply into ourselves and uncover and clear what's holding back holding us back in our lives Right, right. Yeah, many people, I think, are afraid to do meditation because for two reasons, they think that they have to clear their mind completely um, and of, of anything. And so that's why I often talk about mindful meditations, just noticing what's passing through your mind and taking note of it. And it could be thoughts, feelings, images or memories. And, and just allowing for those feelings to be there. But what, and so, and then there's the other type of thing, which I kind of call it meditation is emotional freedom technique, where sometimes people feel like they have to do something. <laughs> so it's more like an active meditation, so to speak. And I'm one of those people, I prefer to do active meditations. And so I talk a lot about doing that because there's so many people who cannot just settle down. They, they just can't settle down. So I, I feel like I have to meet them where they're at and start from there and in increments, you know, get them to settle down. But I found that the heart rhythm meditation was probably the first type of meditation where I, it, it's almost is like an active meditation, but it's, and you're right that it really frees up a lot of emotions, but you have to be able to uh, allow for them to be there and not be afraid of those emotions, you know, because they can be very vulnerable. And so I talk about, you know, being aware and, um, and validating those emotions, accepting those emotions without judging them and, and without reacting to them to sort of take this observer viewpoint and just observing what you're seeing and just taking note of it and not reacting and not judging it because that can disrupt the process. And, and almost cut the movie, <laughs> you know, cut the movie that's going through your mind uh, right off. So there's a lot of things that our body and our mind and our subconscious wants to let us know, but we have to be ready to receive it. And I think I find that the heart rhythm meditation is probably the best that I've seen uh, in terms of all the other meditations in being able to do that. And it's, you know, and you, you know, you've talked about how, um, well, with me, not yet, I'm hoping you'll talk about it now, um, you know, how, how that is all connected to the chakras. And so if you can let people know, I, know, I know some people know a lot about chakras here, and some people know nothing about chakras, and some people might consider woo-woo, you know, like that's woo-woo stuff. And, and I, I believe it's all connected, and I think it's important to be aware and understand, and you may not know anything about it, but I think if you can make if you can connect the dots for people about how meditation is connected to chakras, people have heard of Reiki, so people get Reiki. Now, how is that all connected? If you can explain that, that would be great. Okay. Um, 
Thank you so much. And and I just want to jump in and say, you know, with meditation, a lot of times when when the emotion come emotions come up, we can feel fearful. And so I always think of Susan Jeffers' book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. So it's just allowing yourself to feel the fear. I, you know, I've been doing this a long time. A long time. I still feel fear. And so back to the chakras. We are energetic beings. That's been proven scientifically time and time again. And uh, it's especially looked at in Chinese medicine with acupuncture. I have a diploma in acupressure. And so I have worked with the meridians extensively helping people with touch with that way and found that work very fascinating. I've been meditating on the chakras for you know a very long time, well over 20 years on and off. And the chakras are energy centers that go along the spine. And the spine itself is our major electrical conduit. It's, it's our connection to everything, to the cosmos and to the earth. It, there's energy that goes up and down, up and down the spine. And anyone that studies yoga extensively, I have my yoga teacher training. I don't <laughs> teach yoga, but um, there's the Ida and Pingala, these, these channels that go up and down the spine. And then the, the chakras are centers along the way. And so these centers hold energy. They hold energy and they express energy and energy moves. And what I have found is the chakras are a place to get to know ourselves so much better. They are chock-a-block full of information of how amazing we are in so many ways, what our strengths are, uh, how we can really shine in the world and what makes us the wonderful people that we are. And then they're also uh, storage containers at the same time for our difficult um, emotions that we haven't been able to process. Energy gets stuck and that is pretty much always, it can be as bad as traumatic situations where we weren't able to move through. You know, a lot of times if someone goes into shock, they need to shake and they need to release. And I'm sure you right. could blame that medically, <laughs> um, but they need to go through that process and even small children cry and some sometimes you know, people, the grown-ups say to them, it's they're there. You don't have to cry. You can stop crying now where they need to have that release and they need to finish um, feeling those emotions fully. So, yeah, I've, I've spoken um, to people about the trauma release exercises that they can do to actually, you know, stimulate that for people. You can actually tremble and, and you know, try to stimulate the release of, of different types of trauma, depending on what it is that you have. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and, yeah. and even with EFT, I, I, I had um, done EFT years ago and I love it because it, it's another method to help you go deeper and you can release a lot uh, through, that, through right. that as well. And so with the work I do, I try and help people. My goal is to help people become their own energy worker mm -hmm. that they can tune into what's going on in their energetic system and focusing on the chakras, being open to that and starting to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how does the heart rhythm meditation connect with the chakras? How are they connected? That's, that's a really good question. So <clears throat> I bring the two together. I bring a lot of modalities together. <laughs> and, and to me, the heart rhythm meditation is just so powerful, like I said, because of the full breath and like I said, it helps you access the subconscious. And so then you can focus your mental mind into a particular chakra. You can set intentions. Intentions are powerful. I like to work a lot with love and light because the universe is filled with love and light. We are all, everything is just love and light. It's, it's really, and so it's tuning into that mentally so that we can move into the physical. So there's there's three layers of the work. We can tune in mentally. Anything we do at the mental level is mm -hmm. helpful. We're just touching into the surface. Right. And then what we wanna do is we wanna move into the physical. So you, you will, if you work with your chakras, you will start to feel physical sensations. And it may be right in the chakra, but it also may be elsewhere in the body. Sometimes we have energy that's stuck, for example, in the root chakra but we're feeling something in our ribs. Mm. And, and so 
we want to stay with the chakra that we're working on, even when we feel a physical sensation elsewhere. And so let's say we're, we're meditating and we're focusing our mental awareness, all our concentration is on the root chakra and we're breathing fully. The, the breath is the hardest thing to, to develop and to um, uh, become an expert at. It's, right. it's the most difficult part to master, but what happens is you eventually master it. It really doesn't take that long. And then it goes into the background and you automatically right. put. And so the next level after the mental concentration is starting to feel the physical sensations. So then right. you want to bring that mental concentration into the physical sensation and accept whatever you're feeling. So sometimes the body responds with pain, tightness, pressure. Pressure is a real common one. Sometimes I've had so many people feel like uh, a sharp shard of glass is stuck in their heart. Like it just hurts. And right. people even at times thought, am I having a heart attack? Right. Keep breathing and keep doing the breath. Right. Move into yeah. the I would like to add though, I think it could also, depending on, uh, it feels to me that sometimes, and I've, some patients have experienced this, including me, <laughs> is that you can, re if you have, a, let's say a memory or an issue that's coming up that you're meditating on and releasing some energy, if I feel like there are physical symptoms that might surface um, that you may have had, let's say, at that age. Okay? That's right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I told you that um, I was I was dealing with eczema, a flare of eczema, which I haven't had in years, <laughs> many years, but I had really, really bad eczema when I was a child. And um, it was gone for, for decades. And I had this huge flare of eczema uh, in, in the last few weeks. And, uh, and, and it's like, where is this coming from? And I think it's connected to me doing meditate, you know, doing the heart rhythm meditation and focusing on my root chakra, um, and working on, on that area. And, um, it caused, a, you know, almost like this explosion of, <laughs> of, uh, eczema on my arms and my back, and it's finally calming down. And it's, it's so, it's so much better, but I, I'm sure it's connected with that because it is, the timeline is also of the beginning of processing a specific memory. And I, you know, once I ended up, ended the process of the specific memory, it, it just went away. So it's, it's healing now. So it's just turned a corner and healing. So it's, it's just interesting. Um, you know, it definitely makes sense uh, for me. And I see that happen with many of my patients that when, um, when if, especially if I'm doing psychotherapy and functional medicine with them, that as we're doing some healing of the gut system and it's almost like stirring up the pot a little bit, people's symptoms, you know, stirring up, you know, just, it's almost like getting, going into the attic or going into the basement. And when you start cleaning, it kicks up a lot of dust. I, I kind of use that as an analogy. So things can get worse before they get better, but symptoms that are connected to early childhood issues tend to erupt and then, then they get better. So as you're processing something, so a lot of emotions come up when we're doing this gut work as well emotions that people don't really have. So doing the heart rhythm meditation, even during the, the whole gut restoration um, is gonna be really, it's really, really important to do some kind of meditation. But I feel like the heart rhythm meditation, especially if you have trauma is, is a really, uh, probably the, the best one to, in my opinion now, you know, is the best one to really do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I love what, I'm so sorry you had a flare of eczema, but at the same time, <laughs> so happy for you no, because, it. <laughs> because it's when you're doing the meditation whatever you are ready to heal will come up mm -hmm. whatever is next what what and so clearly you were ready to heal that whatever the the emotional issue right. was and so the body goes back to that exactly. because you're accessing the subconscious remember so this is this is that um trauma or pain or uh, whatever that was stored for you. And then you move through the physical sensations and you move through the emotion and it clears up. And so it right. applies to pain. It applies to, to illness. Um, and, and well, it felt like a purging. 
Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a purging. It really did. Yeah. So, and uh, it, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it felt that way. So I, that's why I think it's really connected to me doing these meditations. Now I think it's coming on five weeks. I have lost count. I think it's five weeks. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, other symptoms like insomnia when people have chronic insomnia and nothing seems to work and they're pretty healthy you know I'm, I'm thinking of one patient in particular that i have that where we've gone through the entire uh gut restoration and you know and uh, this is a person who does uh like everything that i tell her and she's per the perfect patient <laughs> do you think that that what do you think about that particular symptom in uh, uh chronic insomnia difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep but not really affecting their energy um, you know, they're still functioning relatively well and, and their inflammatory scores are all low. So it makes me wonder if insomnia is one of those things that can get stuck in the chakras. It absolutely can. It absolutely, it's interesting that you ask about insomnia. I've been working with a woman who hasn't been able to sleep well for eight years, who has been getting anywhere from 20 minutes to four hours sleep every night for eight hmm. years. Hmm. What we uncovered, what was stuck in her subconscious and therefore stuck in her chakras was that when she was a little girl, she was sleeping up in a bunk bed and she fell out. She fell out of the bunk bed and was in a very deep sleep and landed on a piece of furniture. And that's how she woke up. And she had this fear that she was going to die. She mm. had this fear that she was going to die. And so as a little girl, she couldn't process that emotion and there was there was no one there to help her uh, process all of this, um, the trauma of that. And so she would would always wake up after 20 minutes of sleeping and it was this subconscious fear that she was going to die. Right. And, and this has been and what happens is these subconscious fears just seem to get worse the older we get. And so it took until she was in her 50s and she's in her, I think she's in her early 60s now. And through the work that we did, once we started to uncover that, now she's sleeping. <laughs> so wow. it's, it's you know, it was just that simple. It was just, it's not that simple, but I also do healing sessions on the chakras. Right. And so this came up right. and she, how terrified she was to be in bed trying right. to sleep right. but at a right. level right. yeah I, I mean I definitely have a number of patients that have that kind those kinds of issues I I'm thinking of a particular person who um when I was working in the prison system there was a man who had seen me because he was having trouble sleeping and he wanted a specific medication that I couldn't give him and um and, you know, I started just delving into, instead of just giving other another medication, started delving into, well, why aren't you sleeping? What, and what about that? You know me, I like, I just keep digging and digging and digging. And it came down to him uh, uh, telling me that he was sexually abused as a boy. Mm. And, and I ended up being the first person for him to say that out loud. You know, what a burden right and what a burden and from that point on he slept so that was and he had insomnia for 30 to 40 years probably because he, he didn't feel safe to go to sleep because that's when the perpetrator was you know hurting mm -hmm. him so you know we hold we hold a lot of stuff <laughs> inside um that's that definitely needs to come out and if it and, and if it's a if it's something that makes us vulnerable you know we're going to be hyper vigilant we're not going to sleep with both eyes closed we're going to sleep with one eye open you know and so sometimes you know and you know it doesn't i mean obviously for him it was it was in the forefront of his mind it wasn't in the back of mind for in the example that you gave um just clearly that was in her subconscious or unconscious it took some work to sort of pull that out and i you know i think that's that's what you know being in psychotherapy does or psychoanalysis but also meeting with a spiritual healer can really sort of drop down into your heart i i find that some psychotherapists do so much talking that it actually goes to intellectualization 
and, and, and just you're stuck in your head, but you're not really connecting to your heart. And what you really need to do is get that information, but then drop down into your heart. And that's why I love your work because you drop right down into your heart and, and help people to drop down safely into their heart as well. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Stein. And the, the safety is a big, is a really big component. And, uh, to me, that is just so important because I don't take this work lightly, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of, um, a lot of us haven't been able to feel safe in feeling our emotions. So it's up to us to create a safe space for ourselves right. or, um, even have someone like you there that can help us along the way and encourage us and that we have someone to even go to. And, and so that safety component is very, very important. I have a creating safety and stability meditation that one of my clients did for months and she's, and she's, uh, she kept going back to it and back to it. And she's like, I'm just not done with this. She had, because she, had, she grew up in a very, very volatile, uh, family police coming and, arrests oh, and wow. all yeah. sorts of all sorts of stuff but she is now in this place of feeling safe in the world and she realizes what a gentle soul she is and she's celebrating her gentleness yeah. and she couldn't even access that before so she's managed to create the safety sometimes it's easier we can just jump into it and with others it can take a little longer but right. we really need that we really need that deep sense of safety and that can be created right through through meditation. Absolutely. You need a safe space to be able to even process these emotions. So creating that space in your home, a quiet space that's yours with boundaries, nobody interrupting is, is, and, and, and that safe space being respected, you know? So yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I don't, do you have, do you have time to do a meditation to lead a meditation? I would do, I would love to, I would love to. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so we won't, we won't go too long. I'll, I'll touch into the basics. And I also, when I lead meditations, I just trust that we will go in the right direction. Um, and that's about it. And you have this recorded. So maybe you'll be sharing it with people. They can absolutely yeah it'd be a nice way to get a taste of what you do okay <laughs> so the posture is we want to have the back really straight and the ideal is to have our knees either parallel with our hips or lower because we want to access the lower abdomen so the spine is straight always remember your spine is like an antenna and you may even want to undo the button on your pants, loosen your, uh, your pants up because we really engage the abdominal muscles. And that is, this is, it's the key. It's the hardest thing to master, but it is so worthwhile practicing and you will master it. I haven't met anyone who hasn't been able to uh, master it yet. And we really feel our feet on the floor. We don't so much do heart rhythm meditation, um, sitting with our legs crossed. I had done a lot of that type of meditation, but it's nice to have the feet on the floor and we have chakras in our feet and that connects us to the earth. And we also want to have the chest open. We want to have our, our heart chakra open. So I invite you to lift your shoulders up to your ears and stretch them back and you feel how that opens your chest and you just let them fall. And the head is like, um, it's reaching up towards the ceiling, reaching up towards the sky. And so we sit very straight and the energy can flow. And just notice how you're breathing normally. Where do you breathe to? And I know it's hard to notice the breath when we focus on it, uh, but just do your best and notice where you breathe to. And what happens over time through doing heart rhythm meditation is the breath starts to get deeper. You know, babies breathe with their full belly and their full body, that belly is going up and down. And what happens is we get all these wounds in our childhood and it makes us breathe more and more shallowly. So this takes us back to how we breathed when we came into the world. So I invite you to put your hand on your lower abdomen. And I like to put my thumb right on my navel and so you bring your focus there, you bring your mental focus right there. 
And so we can begin with an exhale and you squeeze your abdominal muscles to expel the air. And then we inhale, and this may feel really awkward at first. We inhale and we kind of blow the belly up like a balloon. And we don't focus even what's happening in what's happening in the chest. We keep the focus in the lower abdomen. The chest will take care of itself. So we inhale fully, really letting the belly blow up and see how long you can do that for. And then exhale completely and it feels like a workout in the beginning. And we really want to expel all the air on the exhale. In our normal breathing, we never exhale all the way because there's this subconscious fear of death that we won't, we won't get another inhale. But we can consciously exhale all the way. And what this does, it helps us invite in change. We're, we're expelling all the air. We're letting, letting go of all the old stuff. And then naturally, from that point of a full exhale, we breathe in life and we invite in change. And so it's really important you're patient with yourself in developing the full breath. And this skill in itself is good to use if you find you're in a situation and you get triggered. You notice you're getting intense emotions if you're able to sit down and just breathe fully and allow whatever the emotion is. Breathing fully, and if it gets difficult, you can always stop and start over. And this is, the more you do this, the more you meditate this way, it will automatically start to seep into your life. You may be in an awkward conversation with someone and you can just put your hand on your lower abdomen and start breathing fully so you don't get escalated. And you want to notice whether your shoulders are relaxed or tense, because sometimes we breathe fully, we think we, have, we might wanna hold the breath. There's no holding here. And we don't wanna stop after the inhale or stop after the exhale. We wanna try and make it continuous. And if it's not like that right now, it's okay. We do our best, but we want the shoulders relaxed. Breathing fully. And so you can just practice this, just practicing this in itself is so helpful. It's a great thing to do. You talked about insomnia. So even if you lay in your, on your back in your bed and practice this full breath before you go to sleep, or if you can't sleep, you can also lay on your stomach and on the inhale, you push your belly into the mattress. You can do it either way.
and then we you know the ultimate goal is to really get our ourself into a state of coherence and that involves finding the heartbeat and if you don't find your heartbeat it's totally fine you can count seconds the goal though is to have the inhale and the exhale be the same length so we count heartbeats and sometimes people can only breathe for three or four heartbeats on the inhale and three or four on the exhale and the the ideal goal is to reach a count of eight um, but it's not a problem if we don't get there and many of us have a longer exhale and a shorter inhale or vice versa and it's just our starting point it shows that our lives are out of rhythm and so engaging in rhythmic breath helps bring our lives back into rhythm that we are able to receive in the world as much as we give and, and you talk a lot about balance in your book it really makes me think of that and so there's a few ways to find the heartbeat so we want to try and keep this rhythmic breath going and then i invite you to place your fingertips of one hand on your sternum and you can apply a little bit of pressure and just while you're breathing fully see if you can feel your heartbeat coming through your fingertips And some of you may feel it in your chest or you may not feel it at all and that's okay and another way to feel your heartbeat is you can place the flat of your hand over your physical heart and so that can be above the breast or even below the breast um, even the flat of your fingers whatever feels right to see if you can feel around and and feel anything And sometimes a heartbeat can be difficult. Uh, years ago, most people could not feel their heartbeat, but it seems as time goes on, more and more people can feel their heartbeat. So humanity is evolving. And, and maybe it's easy for you to feel your pulse on your wrist. You can put a couple of fingers there on your neck. If that's easy for you, that's another way to monitor it. so we're still breathing fully technically this type of meditate meditation is a challenge to learn but it's so worthwhile getting it it takes it comes sooner than than you think and the last way to feel your heartbeat is to take a nice long inhale and then hold the breath in your belly this is where when we hold the breath, we automatically want to tense the shoulders because we're used to when we hold the breath, if we're feeling anxious, our, our shoulders are tense. So try and concentrate on relaxing your shoulders and holding the breath in the belly. And it's through that hold, you may feel your heartbeat. And just hold the breath as long as it's comfortable. And then exhale. we're inhaling and once your inhale is complete you can just hold it there Very good, very good. And so if you have found a way that works for you to count your heartbeats, to feel your heartbeats, 
I invite you to practice that right now with a full breath, touching yourself in any way, or, or maybe you feel it um, just sitting and relaxing. And if you don't feel your heartbeat anywhere or your pulse, you can just count seconds. You can just count seconds. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to inhale and exhale, and we're going to count how many heartbeats or how many seconds we have on the inhale and how many there are on the exhale. And so they may not match and that's okay to see what you notice. So breathing fully, counting heartbeats or seconds. Knowing you can always start again. Breathing fully, counting heartbeats or seconds. And then the last step is to try and make the breath rhythmic. So we want to have as many heartbeats or seconds on the inhale as we do on the exhale. And usually the key to doing that is exhaling completely. That's the big thing. So we try and even them out. And this, this may take a while. This may take a while. So wherever you're at is totally fine. But we're gonna try and make the, make the breath rhythmic. And that's why it's called the full rhythmic breath. Sitting straight, shoulders relaxed, breathing fully, and counting heartbeats or seconds. Very good, very, very good. And so I hope you return to this and I invite you to just return to your normal breath and keep your eyes closed. And notice if you feel any different compared to when you started. How do you feel now? How is your breath? Remember you tried to feel your breath before we began where you were breathing too. So pat yourselves on the back. You did a great job. And when it feels right, open your eyes. That was so wonderful. Thank you so much. That was so wonderful. You have the most soothing voice. It's a very, very pleasant voice. I, I used to give meditations out to people, you know, specific meditations. And I, I quit doing that because there was always complaints like, I don't like the water in the background. It makes me want to go pee or I don't like the music. I don't like the voice. Um, so I stopped doing that and just kind of let people find their own meditations with uh, Google search terms. But you have the most soothing, pleasant voice. I really, it's just, just calms you down. And so, uh, you know, so how can, uh, um, Cheryl, tell us how people can reach you uh, or connect with you and how I, they can get your book. Okay. Um, if you just send me an email, 
I'm just going to type it in the chat here because on my website, uh, I charge for my book because I, I promised the publisher that I would not give it away for free, but I will give it to anyone here for free. Absolutely. And so there's my email. If you just want to copy and paste it, and I'm more than happy to get a, a copy out to you and, uh, and and see how that see how that goes right for you. that's a pdf copy right yeah 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 and um and i know that on your website you offer free chakra readings too right <laughs> i love doing the chakra readings i i just love it so much it's really quite intimate you know we mm -hmm. sit together and i look at at your chakras and i look at where your strengths are you know what's going well for you um, and I look at what needs improvement and sometimes there's a little bit of healing that's required and sometimes I can I can do a little bit of healing and uh, um, and I, I seem to always get some kind of guidance and able to offer people advice as to how they can they can help themselves and I, I love I love 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 doing them it's such a wonderful way to get to know people <laughs> very quickly very, very yeah. quickly and, and see how amazing they truly are. You know, you can, I, I can see such wonderful things. So yeah, if yeah. someone's interested in that. I feel like the chakra readings are, are just such a wonderful gift to give to people. Like it's the most I can do in a short period of time. Right. And so I don't charge for them. I love doing it. Yeah. Great. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your time. I know you were at an all day conference today and uh, you took an hour of your time and away from that conference to join me here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Stein. I just, I'm so happy to be here. I want to support you and your work. You're so leading edge to, to meet all of you here. It has, it has been um, giving me a lot of joy. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.